Welcome to the Making Today Your Bitch podcast, where we get real about what sucks in your life and get you on the right track to make today your bitch. Now here's your host and kindness connoisseur, certified life coach and personal trainer, Marissa Nicholson. Hello, everybody. My God, has it been a summer? I actually thought about doing this episode many times over the past couple months, and I decided that I needed to take some time. It isn't and has never been about me getting famous or reaching the most subscribers. Um, You know, I don't really consider myself an influencer. (laughs) I help people. That's what I do. That's why I'm here on earth. And that's what this has always been about. I set out to help on a greater scale when I started this, And I have had people around the world actually reach out to me and thank me for helping them with my podcast. Now, of course, it feels good to hear that I've reached them randomly, especially that far away. But I helped. And that's why I do what I do. So now that the moving and the traveling is all over, okay, the traveling's over for now. (laughs) I thought it's time. This episode is about the emotional aspect of wellness. This is one that we usually overlook until we can't function well in any of the other areas. So in my opinion, it deserves a closer look. This is our foundation, you guys. And if you don't believe me, get emotional, like real fired up and spicy, and try to function normally. You can't. What I find out there in the wild is that people were never really given good coping skills, or any for that matter. So what we did is we went out there and we made up our own as a survival instinct. Where the emotional area of wellness has always led me to is emotional intelligence. After all, when we know better, we do better, right? Or at least we hope we do. Many years ago, in fact, 40 years ago, a UC Berkeley study was performed. And the results were proved that emotional intelligence is 400 times more important to a fulfilled life than intellectual intelligence. Yet we are raising our children to be hyper-focused on IQ, not EQ. We are not raising our small humans to create emotional intelligence or coping skills, you guys. We are raising them to figure out what they want to be when they grow up by freshman year of high school, get as close to a 1600 on their SATs as possible, and go away to college and become that impressive thing forever and ever, amen, so that us parents can have yet another keeping up with the Joneses moment. One problem. We aren't even sure who we are, much less what we want to be at that age. In fact, I would argue and will argue that most of us are still working on that. And I love that about life. We should always be continuing to look for what else is better, what's next, what and how can I grow to. So why are we so geared to growing intellectual intelligence and avoiding emotional intelligence? Simply put, our brains. It is way easier to look at an IQ score than an EQ score. We can't measure emotional intelligence. And it, in my opinion, is different for everyone. Why? because we have different demons in our pasts. I know what you are probably thinking. What the hell does my past have to do with my EQ? The answer again, our brains. (laughs) 
Even though we are in an age of amazing technology and we are far from the days where we had to hide in caves and run from saber-toothed tigers, our brains are still the same old 500 million year old brains that hate change. Why? Because change is unknown, you guys. And unknown is death, period. They were designed to protect us, guys. This is a big aha moment, people. That change that is looming over you, whether it be a job change, a relationship change, whatever the hell it is change, the reason it scares you is because of what we call our reptile brain. I know it seems offensive. We are so egotistically untouchable on the food chain, right? In our minds, how could we have anything in common with a tiny little reptile brain? Well, I tell you, it's about the shape and size of an almond, nearly as old as the dinosaurs, and it's always looking for danger. It's called our twin amygdala, and it's found deep inside of our brain's temporal lobe and regulates our fight or flight mode. So the amygdala keeps us safe from saber-toothed tigers and everything looming outside of our cave, right? Well, thankfully, we don't have that anymore. So what now? Well, we have work, we have kids, we have relationships, traffic, pressure to be whatever it is that we're not, you name it. So what happens in our body when fear and overwhelm hit? Well, first, the amygdala reacts and tells the body, let's get ready to rumble, right? It's fight or flight time. Next, the hypothalamus tells the nervous system to release adrenaline, and the adrenal cortex releases cortisol so we stay alert. Cortisol is the primary stress hormone. It increases sugars in the bloodstream, enhances our brain's use of glucose, and increases the ability to sustain and repair tissue. Sounds pretty cool, right? Like that pretty badass when you look at it. And it is cool if we're fighting for our life, right? And cortisol also curves functions that would be non-essential or harmful in a fight or flight situation. Simply put, if this dude is pumping through your system on a regular basis like it normally does for most, your body, specifically your heart, is not functioning well at all. So that whole stress kills motto, well, it's like perfectly inserted here. So why all the brain talk? Because, y'all, I think it's interesting. (laughs) And it's also exactly what our brain does when we contemplate change. Our amygdala will have no change on its watch because change kills us. Leave the cave and die, period. All of the fear that you feel when you want to make a change is this homeboy at work. I know it seems like a great excuse for my little love bugs that are begging for a reason not to actually have to try and change. But to be honest, it's your choice. Ugh, I know. (laughs) It always sucks to hear. But the main reason why we are not successful, it's us. It's always us. So, Now we know that our fun hater amygdala isn't going to help us out. In fact, it's going to fight us the whole damn way. But how come some people are successful despite these neurological Karens? They decide to jump anyway. 
So because we have this self-protect mode, we must know that and fight back. So I'm dyslexic. And I had no idea that I was dyslexic until about second grade when I was trying to count money back and read. And at that time, the numbers and letters really weren't computing. Unfortunately, at the time, I had a teacher that punished me for that. And, and I made it mean that I was stupid and bad at math, period. Eventually, I got help. But I always lived in that mindset that numbers were not for me. Letters got easier, but numbers were not for me. Until I started business consulting. And I realized that I have an almost photographic memory for percentages and love numbers. I had to prove myself wrong and it took a long time because my fight or flight response was mega triggered anytime I had to look at numbers. Many moons ago, I had this mentor that told me that we have two choices in life. Be what everyone else taught us that we are as a child or be who we know we really are. I chose the latter, but not before living an I am not good enough broken record for years. This is one example about how we can heighten our emotional intelligence by looking at what stops us and proving it wrong. Is it easy? (laughs) Hell no. And the reason it isn't is because our own brain is fighting us on being vulnerable. Vulnerability is the equivalent of going into battle emotionally. The problem is you have to be vulnerable in order to win, in order to prove all that bullshit from the past wrong. That's why the leap of faith folks succeed. They are proving their BS wrong and realizing they didn't die. So their brain relaxes a little bit, to put it simply. Do this enough and we disable some of those beliefs and it turns into real emotional intelligence. That's all it is. It's us proving over and over to ourselves that we are not in complete danger when we make a change. And yes, you might fail, but you didn't die. This is not easy, you guys. But to me, there is nothing sadder than to watch people hold themselves back due to fear. I have seen what happens when people choose to jump, and it's amazing. It truly depends on how bad you want what you say you want. But you have no one to prove that to but yourself. And that damn reptile brain of yours. (laughs) Please go out there and jump on this, you guys. Fear and change, in my mind, don't have a place at the same table because one can't exist with the other. Please choose to have change over fear. Prove all that BS that people have been telling you or you've been telling yourself for years wrong because it's just that. It's bullshit. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. As always, I hope you choose to succeed. I hope you choose you. It's in no one's hands but your own. Go out there. Go make today your bitch. If you like what you heard on the show today and want more information, have questions you'd like me to cover on the show, or just want to cyber stalk me, head on over to maketodayyourbitch.com.